This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm Matthew of castingacross.com, where I explore the quarry and culture of fly fishing. I love fishing on small streams. You might not catch the biggest fish, but something about where you are, what you're doing, and the fish you're chasing is incredibly alluring. More often than not, here on the East Coast, that means I'm fishing for brook trout. I'm high up in the mountains, and being in New England, that's the White Mountains of New Hampshire, and then into Maine, and also Vermont, and even Western Massachusetts. But I grew up in the mid Atlantic. And so I grew up fishing in the Shenandoah Mountains, the Catoctins of Northern Virginia and Maryland, and uh, up into South Central Pennsylvania. This is where I cut my teeth on fly fishing in many ways. And it's a very forgiving way to get your foot in the door of fishing. But at the same time, there's a very high ceiling regarding mastery. All that is to say, you can get into the mountains and you can catch fish. You're not going to necessarily catch the biggest fish or the most fish unless you know what you're doing. And an important part of knowing what you're doing is having the right tools. And in fly fishing, there's no more uh, quintessential and iconic tool than a fly rod. What I want to talk today about on the, on the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast is fly rods for small streams. And ask the question, if there is a perfect small stream fly rod? No, there's not. Well, this is an easy question to answer because there's no perfect fly rod for any situation, at least in a universal sense. I will say there's probably a fly rod that you will use to great success in a given situation. And so if it's in the mountains, if it's fishing for small trout, whether it be brook trout in the East Coast, 
cutthroats in the east slope of the Rockies or uh, species like goldens in California or rainbows in, in, um, in the high mountains out west also. Or, or even if you're fishing somewhere else in the world and you're fishing for some other exotic species, at least from our perspective, there's a fly rod that you will cast well to these smaller fish that are probably pretty opportunistic in the way they feed, but that live in close quarters that probably occupy plunge pools. Say that three times fast. Occupy plunge pools. But there's a lot more than just any old rod. It's not that you can get any fly rod and perform at your best. One of the things that drives me nuts is the extremes. One side or one polar end of the spectrum says that you have to spend $1,000 on a fly rod. Now, I have a $1,000 fly rod and I love it, but it's a novelty, at least in, in my perspective. The other end of the spectrum says that you don't need anything fancy. Go to the five and dime, which isn't a thing anymore, but get the cheapest thing you can find because it's all in the skill of the angler. While I agree in the sentiment that it's in the skill of the angler, I also ascribe to the sentiment that a uh, worker is only as good as his tools, or in this instance, a fly fisher is only as good as his fly rod. So I think there is something to said, to be said for having a good fly rod. And in this case, there are some things, when you are fishing on small mountain streams, some things that you ought to look for when fishing with a small stream fly rod. The first thing is length. Now, where you fish, and particularly the density of the overhead foliage, will determine your rod length. Shorter rods, six and a half foot, seven foot, they'll allow you to make overhand casts in all but the tightest canopies. Also, it'll be easier to maneuver through the streamside underbrush. Um, so all that to say that you can still make a pretty good cast with a seven foot fly rod. You can um, cast probably further on a good seven foot fly rod um, than you'll ever need to on a high gradient mountain stream. And what do I mean by that? This is kind of that prototypical tumbling plunge pool, um, few riffles here and there, but mostly, you know, if you're standing and you're looking upstream, somewhere in your in your line of sight, if you were to draw a direct line from your eyes forward upstream, you would be um, under the grade of the water. The, the, the stream is moving upstream that much. Um, and, and that's generally the kind of locations that we talk about when we talk about small stream fishing, especially for, for species like brook trouts and cutthroats up high in the mountains. So a six and a half foot rod and a seven foot rod, you'll, you'll be able to cast well. If you can cast well, or you can cast decently, I should say, you'll be able to cast um, far enough with a six and a half or a seven foot fly rod. There are rods that are five footers. I have a five foot three inch um, five weight that was manufactured in the late 1960s and I can get it out. I'm not a great caster but I can get it out further than I would ever need to but it does take a little bit more work especially because it is a, a fiberglass rod but the ability to make unencumbered casts so your rod tip not nicking leaves not nicking uh, branches um, is going to be very important um, because and here's the, the trade-off a short rod 
isn't going to allow you to make mends. So uh, the, those, those small um, adjustments after the cast. So you need to have your adjustments be in the air rather than on the water. That's a, an oversimplification of the concept, but a short rod um, isn't going to let you make uh, the men's moving your line to accommodate for a fast current, pulling your line into a different part of the stream, pulling your fly away from the targeted spot you're fishing into. So what you're going to get a benefit from in having um, a shorter rod um, is your that with accuracy, a quality shorter rod, is that you're going to be able to cast your fly exactly where you need to, so you will need to make less mends, which a shorter rod is difficult. It's a bigger concept, but you hopefully get the point. That being said, there's a lot of small streams where an 8.5 or a 9-foot rod will excel if there's ample room for casting. I think it's kind of a, a, um, a general rule that you want to use the longest rod you can. Going back to that idea of mending, you can make mends in the air, but you can also make mends in the water. Um, and it'll also make little lobs easy. Uh, you'll be able to just kind of flick your, your fly into a lot of different places with a nine-foot rod. Um, there's a lot of guys that fish their normal trout rod that they use on bigger rivers, on small streams, and do just fine. Um, but in thickly forested areas, um, it, it gets a little bit tricky. Now, if we're talking about small streams, again, a little bit of an aside, there's a lot of meadow small streams. That's not really what we're talking about, um, but... In those situations, a nine-foot rod is just fine. In fact, having a longer rod where you have high grasses but not necessarily bushes and trees is ideal because your back cast, you're able to elevate your back cast and get your fly line up and over those obstructions that are behind you. And uh, again, generally, a longer fly rod allows you to make um, longer, more accurate casts. Again, a lot of these things are kind of generalities, and somebody who is proficient at casting will be able to use any tool that is made well to do pretty much anything you need it to do. So that's length. So again, if I were to pick on a small stream, New England, Mid-Atlantic, uh, Rockies, um, someplace where you're up in, the, up in the mountains, I would say a 7-foot or a 7.5-foot fly rod would be about perfect for me personally. Secondly is weight, and this is, of course, always an important question. Now, one of the, the huge misconceptions is that your rod weight needs to decrease along with the size that's your wa of the water that you're fishing. So basically, if I'm fishing this tiny water, I should be fishing a three weight or a two weight or a one weight. Years ago, that was completely a novelty. These days, current technology has made two weight rods, three weight rods, spectacular fishing tools. There are some very high-performing ultralight fly rods out there that will do great with dries and even small unweighted streamers. The issue though you get into is when you are fishing in wind or in different uh, uh, environmental factors. And the other end of the spectrum from the one, two, and three are the standard trout sizes, five weights, six weights. The versatility is excellent and Honestly, if, if for whatever reason you only want to have a few fly rods or uh, financially you only can have a few fly rods, if you have a limited selection and you're, or you're going to encounter multiple circumstances in a day fishing, there's nothing wrong with a heavier fly rod. Um, and by heavier, again, like a five weight or six weight um, when it comes to small stream fishing, 
the downside is that it can be a little bit harder to make those delicate presentations on fish that potentially are spooky. High gradient mountain trout aren't necessarily spooky too frequently, but if you are fishing someplace that gets pressure, you don't want that five weight fly line slapping down on, on the water. And probably more practically, it can be overkill for playing the size of fish that you're generally going to be encountering on smaller streams. So those six to 10 inch trout aren't gonna feel super fun to fight on a six weight, especially if it's a nine foot six weight that you'd be using in a larger river. So for that reason, I think because a lot of the one, two weights are really unitaskers, they're only great for fishing in those um, circumstances where you're gonna have perfect conditions and, um, and, and small trout water. And then the five and six weights are going to be uh, a little bit overkill. I think three and four weights are ideal fly rods. They give you the touch to make those gentle, short-range casts, but they also offer enough backbone, especially if you get one with a, a good flex profile, something that's in the medium or moderate area, to push a fly with a little bit of weight. And, and you're going to need to do this. You get into plunge pools, even the smallest streams. So plunge pool, again, waterfall coming over, and waterfall might only be two feet high or three feet high, but that um, force of that water over decades and centuries has hollowed out a spot in the stream bed that's four or six feet deep on a stream that might even be four to six feet wide. And usually you'll find a good fish in that pool, but they have no intention under normal circumstances to rising to your size 14 humpy. They want something big and juicy. And so you're gonna need to throw a woolly bugger with some wire wrapped around it or a bead head and your two weight isn't gonna be able to maneuver that thing down there with ease. Or if it is, it's not gonna be fun to do that all day. So having a little bit heavier rod allows you to, again, heavier in, in quotation marks, a three weight or a four weight, it's gonna allow you to, to place the uh, heavier flies where they need to be placed. But they're also going to have enough flex where you'll be able to feel your quarry as it's um, darting about, which again is part of the fun. And the third thing um, is action, which I mentioned a little bit before. You know, really the extreme ends of the action, uh, fly rod action spectrum can be fished on small streams. This really is where it comes down to your personal preference. Some people love the feel of a slow fly rod. Maybe it's because they grew up on bamboo or glass. Some people love a fast rod. They, they like that quick stroke. They like the, the amount of control that it, that it gives and the responsiveness that you get from a fast action. And honestly, it really is an issue of um, personal preference. But for most circumstances, and for most flight casters, a moderate fast action is optimal. So I would say that this taper, regardless of it's small stream, large stream, whatever, this taper is the most intuitive for establishing a good casting cadence. And Another nice thing about, um, about a moderate to a medium fast action fly rod is that it can cast tighter loops than a slower rod can. You really have to work a slow fiberglass or um, grass bamboo rod to get a tight loop. And this isn't so much about line speed or accuracy or distance in these circumstances as it is keeping your line controlled as you're casting in these tight 
um, conditions. So you're, ta ta you're casting into a rhododendron tunnel. It's going to be hard to get that uh, graph, or excuse me, that uh, fiberglass or that bamboo rod to pitch a super tight, sharp little cast into a tunnel. You can do it. People do it. I've done it. But it's easier if you have a rod that can generate a little bit more line speed. And so that's uh, that would be why I would advocate a, a medium fast fly rod, even on uh, places where you're, you're fishing for small fish with small flies. But again, this all comes down to individual feel uh, uh, of the angler and the fly rod. So really there's no, again, there's no perfect small stream fly rod. And whichever direction you go, there's going to be compromise. But that compromise isn't going to make or break your fly fishing or your enjoyment of it. You know, as is the case with every fly rod, your personal preference within the context of your own angling should be the most significant determining factor. So the snapshots I've given you of length, of weight, and of action provide, again, some generalized parameters to consider. The most important thing is your comfort with a rod in the scenarios you'll often be facing. And at the end of the day, the rod that you enjoy using on small streams is your perfect small stream fly rod. All that to say, just for fun, my favorite small stream fly rods, I can't say rod, but rods, are these. I have a 7-foot medium-fast graphite 3-weight. I won't say who makes it. Actually, they don't make it anymore. But it is it's remarkably quick, but uh, I love it super delicate and I can I can punch a, a, a line underneath a branch with with great precision uh, it makes me a better caster I also when I can get a little bit more wide open I fish an eight foot medium graphite two weight so it's a medium flex a little on the slower side graphite two weight that's eight feet long um, especially if I know I'm gonna be throwing dry flies this is a great rod and then a third one, a seven foot, nine inch custom bamboo four weight. Again, that's, that's the thousand dollar rod and it is a lot of fun to fish, but it does take a little bit of adjustment every time I take it out, but it's a lot of fun and it feels uh, like a, a tangible link to fly fishing days gone by. This week on Casting Across, I want to recommend Vitavu. I've been talking about fly rods this entire podcast, but Envitavu is a pack and bag company. They're a pack and bag company that checks all the boxes of the people, places, and things that go into the pursuit of fish. Um, excellent people in an excellent place making excellent things for all fly anglers. And the reason why I want to mention Vitavu today is because if you are going someplace where you are needing to use a small stream fly rod, there's a very good chance you're going to be um, out and away. You're going to be up on the mountains, you're going to be out in a meadow, and you want your gear to be comfortable. I love my Vitavu Tight Lines Sling Pack. And this is a small pack that goes on my non-casting shoulder. If you've ever gone through the um, different casts that you can make, not just overhand casts, not just sidearm casts, not just roll casts, but those kind of casts that don't even have names where you're leaning into the stream and you're hanging onto a tree with your offhand and you're just trying not to fall in, but that's the only position you can take to make a cast, you know that you want nothing encumbering how you are casting. 
And uh, I can honestly say that the VitaVu packs um, are built to stay where they're supposed to stay. They're also built for the long haul. I have a few that I've been fishing for three, four, and five years, and they look brand new with the exception of a few mud spots. Um, everything is designed to be ergonomic. Everything's designed to keep your front very clean. That is to say, there's nothing on, on your chest while you're fishing. Everything's behind you. And with one arm, you can swing it in front of you and get access to your flies, to your tippet, to your, um, to your other tools, to your water bottle. The Tightline Sling, again, is my preferred small stream pack. I can fit um, four tacky fly boxes in there, um, which is way more than I'd ever need to take in a small stream. A couple of fly boxes, um, some water, some snacks, and all the tools, and um, it stays where it's supposed to stay as I'm walking in, as I'm fishing, and as I'm hiking out. So vitavu.com, all made in America. The Tightline Sling is just one of many products that I love, that I use, that I wholeheartedly recommend. So again, vitavu.com, better American gear. Definitely check it out. Thanks for listening to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. Please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and rate the podcast in iTunes. Then head over to castingacross.com where you'll find more info on this podcast and three posts a week on the people, places, and things that go into the pursuit of fish. Mm-hmm.